0: Welcome to Aftermath, Episode 4. I'm Jason Athcock, and I am the co-founder and research scientist at themathcitadel.com.
1: And I'm Dr. Rachel Trailer, and I am the co-founder and chief scientist at the Math Citadel.
0: So, a lot has happened since Episode 3.
1: Yeah, we, we did kind of, sorry for the um, the break, and it's actually going to be the topic of our current episode of our excuse for why there kind of was a break right. in our episodes. Um So the Math Citadel is officially a limited liability corporation now.
0: That's right. Math Citadel LLC exists.
1: So in this episode, we thought we'd do a little bit of a short one and actually talk about some of the, we'll call them the random slash small... Lessons that we've been learning thus far on two mathematicians' journey to founding a company.
0: That's right, because there is a lot of stuff to learn.
1: There's a lot of the big stuff to learn, and there's millions of podcasts and books and stuff like that on entrepreneurship. We're going to look at kind of the little ones that we've personally learned that those books don't touch because it's not glamorous.
0: Basically, these are the things that nobody told us about. And yeah. we had to sort of find out the, uh, say, the the harder way, right? <laughs> by experience. First of all, uh, filing an LLC at all.
1: Yes. Okay. Filing an LLC. I mean, there are. Thank. All whatever deity your favorite deity mm-hmm. for so there's Inc file and Legal Zoom. Those are usually the ones that the two that people use mm-hmm. to do that. And you just kind of you pay them. They file the paperwork, and then they give you the stuff that you need, including the taxpayer identification number, which you also need, by right. the way. Um, yeah, learning all of the stuff that we need. So we used Inkfile. And we used Inkfile, it turns out, because it actually was cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the taxpayer employer identification number and the in the LLC filing for the state of our choice and came with a whole bunch of other stuff, and it was cheaper than LegalZoom, and I was pretty satisfied with with that.
0: Actually, a pretty amazing thing is that when you get the stuff in the mail,
1: the oh, paperwork
0: it comes in this really official-looking binder. It's black with gold lettering, and it, it comes in a box.
1: And your gold lettering, like they actually gave you know gold lettering of it says the Math Citadel LLC. They actually give you like all this
0: swag. And. What also comes with it, this delights me to no end, is a seal like an embosser that, that it says the official C, uh, date of the filing when it when LL, the LLC became an LLC.
1: And that that just came in the package. Yeah,
0: we were very excited about the embosser. I embossed like three pieces of paper just to do it.
1: Um, the other thing that that we noted when we were filing the LLC, so we filed in California, we operate in California. Um, you don't have to file. Your LLC in the same state that you operate, that was an interesting thing to find out. Um, Apparently, a lot of startups like Delaware. That's what we did learn. So we chose to file in California because Mm -hmm. California requires, if you are an out-of-state or what they call a foreign LLC.
0: I think that's right, yeah. Um, don't quote me, but yeah,
1: yeah, they call it a foreign l l c but then you have to basically pay an operating fee fine, whatever to operate in the state of California, so we went ahead and filed in California,
0: and you can actually go down the list of the states and find out you know benefits pros cons, mm-hmm.
1: so California, you know, as much as people like to trash California as an anti business state, what we found was that actually their l l c filing. Was among the lowest fees of any of the states, and their tax structure for LLCs that are making little money, which is what we're doing right now. <laughs> um, they actually only charge you an $800 fine fee tax per year until you make over your business brings in over $250,000 a year, and then they start taxing you like a regular business, which is kind of helpful for tiny businesses trying to get off the ground like us, because we're kind of bootstrapping our way up as opposed to having VC funding.
0: So it is somewhat considerate.
1: Yeah, so we actually did did like filing in California. One thing that I wish we had learned or gotten cleared up, you need to have an address to file. Mm-hmm. Now the federal government for the taxpayer employer identification number doesn't care if you use a home address, physical address, private mailbox, whatever. Um, Private mailbox being either P.O. box or like the UPS store boxes. Mm -hmm. Now, California, as we did learn, and that was one of our annoyingly expensive lessons, you have to have a physical address to file with the state of California.
0: And that physical address.
1: Yes. And it cannot be a private mailbox, even if the UPS store tells you that you can say, like, sweet, whatever. That doesn't... Count. They will not accept that. And an ink file threw up a warning saying this is a private mailbox. And if it got rejected, we would have been fine and had to do it all over again. So, this (laughs) we'd already bought the box thinking we were going to use that. And
0: yeah, so we don't know. Like, maybe, maybe if you operating in another state. That's not a thing. Yeah. but
1: We were given a warning that it could have been kicked back by the state and that would have cost us additional money.
0: Right. And the UPS people, they're not going to uh, ask which state you're operating in. They're going to assume that you want to go ahead and buy the box.
1: Yeah. They did kind of straight up lie to us. So that was fun.
0: So don't make that mistake.
1: And there's no refunds on UPS boxes, Mm -hmm. just so you know. Yeah. So in closing on that, basically, um, do your homework. You don't actually necessarily need a private mailbox. Just be careful which state you're filing in. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: The thing is, I mean, whenever you're doing that, the UPS people will tell you, well, you got to get us this number by filing the LLC to really finish this process. So they put a deadline on it they all of a sudden make it more of a rush. And so then you kind of rush to finish it, and by that time you actually bought the box, and it turns out it didn't work.
1: Yeah, yeah, the whole thing was just weird. But anyway, that was one of our our probably biggest and annoyingly expensive lessons to learn. Um, On the other subject of money, obviously what we found was when you're starting a small business – everyone and their brother is reaching their hands out trying to sell you services of course like you are. need everything so we do quickbooks online for accounting because yeah. and it's actually you know as annoying as subscription-based software is um quickbooks online has a lot of flexibility in adding services and subtracting them and finding the right level they actually called me and like i spent 30 minutes on the phone with the guy and he actually did find me You know, the level that made sense and didn't try to upsell me or anything like that.
0: And you will be glad you have it.
1: Yeah, you'll be glad you have it. We're glad we have it. We can get to it on an app. We both can get to it.
0: Mm -hmm. And knowing that that something is remembering this stuff for you and doing the -hmm. the calculations. We'll be able to
1: hand it to our tax person that will get that's one thing we're definitely going to be spending money on. I think Turbo. I'm the cheapy one who loves TurboTax and doing it myself, but I think at this point, especially with the recent tax bill, because I have no idea what implications it has for us, we're going to have to get help. The other thing that's gonna, that we um, we had to spend money on was a startup lawyer.
0: Right. Whereas the UPS box was annoyingly expensive, uh, you feel good about the expense of the lawyer once you talk to them.
1: Oh, man. a good. St- I'm learning that a good startup lawyer is absolutely worth having.
0: I left the first conversation with our lawyer feeling very secure.
1: Yeah, I did not know how many different types of NDAs there were. There are other parts of that I didn't know. He helped us... Not necessarily with the business part, but the imp- legal implications of what we were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so he knew stuff like licensing, for instance, I had considered, you know, our consulting offerings, that's yeah, just consulting, right? How hard can it be? And he lists all these potential legal snafus that could happen mm-hmm. if you're not careful with your service agreement. Just like, whoop. Yeah, when okay. you find out that
0: the firm has a guy who like loves to deal with just that, you know that it's a bigger issue than you thought.
1: Yeah, so that was a good one. Um, let's see. Found the more positive stuff. What was another one? Oh, you guys love stickers.
0: Mm-hmm. Swag.
1: Like people like yeah, but like there's t-shirts and mugs and all that stuff. But what you guys apparently really want are stickers. We have some. They're on order.
0: You think that people like stickers more than buttons, or is it kind of equal?
1: If you're listening to this, you can certainly contact us or tweet a response or whatever. Maybe I'll set up a poll. Personally, I like buttons. I like buttons because I like to put them on my cactus bag.
0: Yeah, if you got a canvas bag that is is growing in terms of buttons that are on it
1: yeah that's my preference but i know some people like laptop stickers but those are forthcoming so they've been designed and we'll bring them to the uh the snea annual that's right. meeting in at the end of january
0: so buttons and stickers
1: buttons and stickers and other designs are forthcoming but we've got one so far um so and then there's other you know we both have spent a lot of time in academia um for myself this i've been studying you know mathematics for 10 years now mm. um I've acquired skills at every job I've had, whether I was teaching at a university or working as a data scientist or working as a DBA, but starting this business, there's all sorts of other skills that I never thought we wouldn't be doing.
0: You just pick up along the way.
1: That you just almost, you have to. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is actually, again, because we're kind of bootstrapping this, it means that you know professional logo design, that's expensive. Well, right. looks like we're designing our own. You know, you need logos, you need a website, you need...
0: Company email.
1: Oh, anyone that's listening from the Tech Field Day community, thank you for helping me troubleshoot that. Yeah. I don't ever want to set up another company email again. Mm -hmm. That was awful. I love you IT people that are, like, really good at this.
0: I mean, I love seeing that my email address ends with at com, but I understand what the cost was the to get hell that. hell
1: <laughs> I went through to get that to work.
0: So, a skill you acquired, you don't hope to have to put it to use too often.
1: Right. Um... I think yours is probably video production and editing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've picked up quite a few things. And I had some very limited experience before we started the business. But it's only grown, and I think I'm just getting better and better at and I it.
1: I think so. We've, we've learned a lot of stuff. Um, for me, the more fun skills is... I've, I've always been like mildly artistic, um, especially in high school or whatever. But now we do our own graphic design. I do most of the graphic design for the Math Citadel either by hand. You'll see the... um the intro animation sketches for our videos. Right. I do those by hand, mm-hmm. um, all using free software so far. Mm-hmm. Canva, um, I use Adobe Draw, although we're looking into the Affinity Designer for a little bit right. more refined stuff. But we do our, all of our own graphics in-house. We mm-hmm. do all our web design in-house. The, um, the new website was about a week's worth of work.
0: Right, so whereas I will provide, like, photography and stuff like that, Rachel does a lot of the actual graphic design, even if it incorporates uh, photographic elements. Mm
1: -hmm. Usually, yeah, I'd say that your photographs are usually inspiration for color palettes at the very minimum. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the entire site is based on the color palette of one of your photographs.
0: And something that is pretty pretty great about this, not like setting up company email, is you acquire this skill and... uh, it's fun it's fun to yes use. it's fun to use and it's a bit of a creative outlet
1: yeah it, it is I um, I didn't think it'd be something that I would I would do or get into in any sense of the word
0: now you walk around outside and you think, you know you see some strikes and you're like that may that inspires me to in, uh, design something for the website or yeah something. the
1: t-shirt designs are all us mm-hmm. uh, we did all those by hand um, yeah all those on our on our shop. The well, I mean, we obviously design our own LaTeX templates for the papers and whatnot. But we've been doing that's an academic thing. We picked up that skill years ago. Mm
0: -hmm. We've been we've been polishing that one for much longer.
1: Yeah, Um, I guess on the more the more serious stuff that we've learned, especially as academics, right? You guys think of mathematicians in a very certain way, especially when it comes to communication and messaging. Okay, the stereotypes weren't totally wrong. Like I'll admit that. I have had to learn very fast how to communicate what we do and get the right messaging across when it comes to what do we really offer, right? It, we, it was obvious to both you and me when we started this, um, but we found it wasn't as obvious to the general public what what good mathematicians are in the private sector. Making the math accessible is something we both have developed as university instructors. But it's it's the why do you care? Right. Why do you care? And what what business value do we have? Mm-hmm. What business value is it? And that's not something that people with an academic background are used to having to deal with.
0: Yeah, you don't you don't like when you're in the school. You don't think that of justifying it. You're doing it for the sake of doing it. Like, there is no in the way, like, why?
1: Right. I mean...
0: Nobody is asking, I guess.
1: Nobody is asking. And I mean, I get it. You're like, you know, for academics that might be listening, you apply for grants and have to justify that. That's not... It's really not the same as in the private sector. It's, right. it's really not. Um,
0: You're talking to people that want to see how this mathematics translates to a product development or
1: or to a profit or in our case the interesting thing we we learned is marketing. Right. And and you know marketing can be a bit of a loaded word but the interesting part of technical marketing that is definitely an area that you know we obviously have offerings in technical marketing but what we're doing isn't really just publishing blog posts about your technology we're trying to actually merge what we do for research in a way that helps you guys as a company or your you know a firm look cool, right. um, for lack of a better word, um, in the same way that like you know companies sponsor conferences, for example, mm-hmm. um, companies do sponsor research from an R and D side, but there's an interesting take on that, and it was actually Chris Harold at IBM who gave me this take on it that. What we do is actually a form of technical. It can be a form of technical marketing because a company can look, you know, really good by sponsoring research, especially when it's in the same line of things that are addressing very large questions in an industry. Yes. So that communicate. And in, from an academic background, I never thought, never in a million years thought, I would be considering walking down this road or that this was a potential offering that the pure math that I do and some of the applied research that I do could be messaged and offered and bring a business value in that way.
0: Right. I never thought as a student that what I was doing would ever be associated with the word marketing. Like that didn't cross my mind. And now I am appreciative of the broader sense I have of that word.
1: I'm appreciative of the kind of symbiotic relationship that can be had you know, marketing isn't a dirty word, and sometimes the engineering side tends to think of it that way, but it's really not, especially when you bring some of that really technical rigors. I mean, obviously, just because we're associated with some marketing in, in some of our offerings, that doesn't change the math. The math stays the math. What we offer stays. There's, the rigor is not gone. I mean, my whole goal when I started this was I wanted to bring math back to industry. Well, how do I do that? I've got to make you guys care. Of course. But what is making someone care about something? That's marketing. That's technical marketing. thats I mean, that's the definition. So having it pointed out to me that way kind of shifted my uh, my communication style and helped me learn how to communicate what we do and its value, even if I can't build you a new storage apparatus that way, for example. Right. I mean, this is just kind of our first episode. We actually are going to name this episode <laughs> Brain Wrinkles. Um
0: Brain wrinkles in business.
1: Well, yeah, brain wrinkles in business, right? We have lots of brain wrinkles from mathematics, right? We've been studying it a long time. So, Jason, why are what are brain wrinkles, and why do we want them?
0: Well, brain wrinkles. The more the more brain wrinkles you have, basically, the better surface area you have in your brain. And which no is,
1: one cares about the technical
0: words. They're brain wrinkles. They're brain wrinkles. I don't need to use the Latin terms, but the brain wrinkles translate to uh, intelligence. You know, how how much better can your brain be? My business brain was smooth.
1: Yeah, mine, I think mine looked like a peach. Right. Like with one line down the middle. Uh-huh. So as we're doing this, you know, these podcasts, we're kind of giving you a peek into the development of our business brain as we gain more brain wrinkles and get a little bit more business savvy. And, you know, not in the, not in this entrepreneurial like cheerleady type way like here's just little things that come up i mean our core message has never changed not from not since the start you know what we're trying to do has never changed Mm -hmm. um but the little things that you learn along the way like po boxes and how useful or not they really are you know people like stickers um, you guys really like podcasts, too. I think that's the biggest hit on our um, on our site is the podcast page. So just learning how you guys like to be communicated to. Um, we're going to have to set up a private GitHub for our workflow because I sort of broke a paper and wished I'd had version control. Like, we make mistakes, <laughs> and we're learning from those mistakes, and it's the little tiny operational things that um, the brain wrinkles in business series is going to go through so as we learn them you know and once we collect another short list of them then we'll do another episode and kind of fill you in on on what we've done
0: yeah expect to hear another uh, another set of brain wrinkling Uh,
1: (laughs) oh yeah we're we're gonna learn so many more things
0: so this is just the first set of questions we've had answered and we're going to certainly share more with you as we get more
1: and if you guys have, you know, tips, suggestions, even your own lessons, mm-hmm. then certainly reach out to us on Twitter. So the um, the official Twitter handle for the Math Citadel is at Math Citadel. And mm-hmm. you can also reach Jason at Jasonographer or uh-huh. me at Mathpocalypse. Uh-huh. So if you have comments, suggestions, lessons you've learned to save us from making mistakes, feel free to tweet at us using hashtag brain wrinkles in business. <laughs>
0: And until next time.
1: I'm a I'm Dr. Rachel Traylor.
0: and I'm Jason Hathcock. Thanks for listening.